Hello and welcome to another episode of NAC Health Center News. I'm Marisol Murphy-Ballantyne. The month of May is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, a celebration of Asians and Pacific Islanders in the United States. One of the most culturally and linguistically diverse communities, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders are the fastest growing racial group in the country. So how does a health organization ensure they are meeting the needs of such a diverse community? Today in our podcast, we'll hear from community health organizations who have made it their mission to make sure their services are linguistically accessible and culturally appropriate for their Asian and Pacific Islander patients. Association of Asian Pacific Community Health Organizations, APCHO, represents 35 community health centers across 12 states and provides a collective voice for the Asian American, Pacific Islander, and Native Hawaiian populations. APCHO members serve at least 5% Asian American Pacific Islanders, says Isha Wirasinga, APCHO's Director of Policy and Advocacy. APCHO member patients are unique in that um, one in four APCHO patients are in poverty. And we always try to communicate that 52% of APCHO member patients are best served in a language other than English. And some of our member centers serve up to, their patient populations are are up to 100% LEP, and I'm sorry, LEP meaning limited English proficient. Some of our member centers serve up to 92 zip codes, so it's much larger than the average. According to Warasinga, a lot of these health centers were founded because a number of members in the Asian American and Pacific Islander communities realized that there needed to be a more distinct voice in their health care. A lot of them are grounded in social justice and and specifically they realize that there are a lot of language access needs of Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians, and Pacific Islanders, whatever of subsets of those groups there were or there are in um, these communities. So they, these community health centers were built to provide these clinical services in language and also having providers and um, other health professionals provide these services in language and in a culturally appropriate manner. We also say that when we talk about providing services in language that language trumps geography so people are going to travel a long distance if they know that their provider is going to speak their language so that some of our member centers member center patients who were in Ohio, they would travel to New York in order to get care because they just realized that they weren't getting the care that they needed in the Midwest. So one of our member centers was created because of that. Asia, which is based in Cleveland, was was created because they realized that people, but patients were traveling way too far in order to get care. So our member centers also serve 530,000 patients, which include 80% racial and ethnic minorities. Aisha adds that she's describing a population that stems from 32 countries and about 20 Pacific islands. The point, like with all community health centers, is to build that level of trust um, for Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians, and Pacific Islanders, um, particularly as a lot of them, because of language access needs or cultural needs, have have increased stigma, and so may not go into those um, to, to ac- may not access the healthcare system as f- 
as readily as we would like them to. Building trust means making sure patients are comfortable when they come in to get their health care. So it really depends uh, in terms of cultural needs. It could be, you know, maybe um, a patient will want to come into a community health center and not have their daughter or son have to interpret for them, you know, where they would have to do in a hospital environment, you know, because they don't have that interpreter service. So I think of that not only as a linguistic need, but also a cultural need, Mm -hmm. too, because it's building trust. And maybe that provider who comes from the same background knows how to ask the questions in the right manner, may not, you know, bluntly ask what's going on with you, but tries to kind of warm the patient up to that point or you know having not only bedside manner but just understanding just reciprocating um, that cultural need. Fostering those relationships with the communities they serve also means offering a mix of services. There are a number of our um, member centers that provide Chinese medicine, acupuncture, native healing services so for patients in the community to know that those services are also available they know that that those community health centers understand their needs. One such health center is International Community Health Services in Seattle, Washington. Health Center CEO Teresita Patayola describes how decades ago ICHS was founded to fill a void in the community. International Community Health Services has been around in Seattle since 1973 when we were first founded to serve elderly Filipino and Chinese men in uh, the Chinatown International District area. This was very important at that time because this whole neighborhood was part of a, a very worn down, run down neighborhood and the Chinese and Filipino elderly were on their own because of anti-miscegenation laws. They had not formed families. ICHS has embraced their immigrant and refugee community, and today the health center not only serves Asian Pacific Islanders, but also East Africans, Eastern Europeans, Latinos, and other peoples from around the world who have made the Seattle King County area their home. In fact, they serve patients in about 50 languages every year. One of the things that ICHS has done for years is population management. Because we see so many immigrants and refugees, we really have to serve more than just what they need when they come into the clinic and are already in the exam room. So like many health centers, we do many enabling services, but we tend to go, we believe, above and beyond what others may do. Another health center that is unique in the way they organize health services to meet the cultural needs of their patients is Waimanalo Health Center on the island of Oahu, Hawaii. The health center serves a predominantly native Hawaiian population, says development director Pi'ilani Kai, and so the health center integrates native Hawaiian culture into their health care services. You know, our services, they, they're organized around our mission and our organizational values and then our, also our strategic priorities. We tailor how we, how we integrate and how we create those services. We tailor it around the large Native Hawaiian population that we serve. So, for instance, we know that ohana or family, we know that's important to Native Hawaiians, so we're very inclusive of family. For instance, we encourage families to participate in Native healing or diabetes classes. You know, we also encourage them to come into appointments because we know that sometimes a patient's not the person cooking the food. It could be somebody else within the household because our households are very large and we have multiple families that may may be living under one roof. Something else we do is we offer hula classes and we offer that in a form of 
form of exercise for our patients. We also know that there's a special connection for Native people and the aina or the land. And, and that's similar to most Native people around, around the world. And so what we do is we have gardens that our patients tend to, and it's under the guidance of our registered dietitians. And the gardens have you know Native plants as well as produce and our dietitians use that produce in their cooking demonstration classes. So it's kind of that food to table concept that we try to integrate with a little bit of a native approach to it. We also provide native healing or la'au lapa'au that we integrate within the clinical setting. And we provide la'au lapa'au classes for our patients and their families. So, you know, in addition to including like the kind of cultural aspects of care into our organizational values and our operation and our programs, we also provide classes. And sometimes we have classes on Olelo Hawaii, which is Hawaiian language. And, you know, people might ask, might wonder why, why is speaking Hawaiian? Why would that even address a health issue? But, you know, as a Hawaiian, we believe that a healthy mind and a healthy spirit that leads to a healthy body. And so we include those classes because that's kind of that comprehensive care that we provide our patients. Although the cultural services are not reimbursable, Kai says they are worth doing. In Waimanalo, we have a population of over, over 65% Native Hawaiian, and it's actually one of the most concentrated areas of Native Hawaiians in our state, actually in the world, or even in our country and in the world. So, you know, we believe that not doing this would be a disservice to the community, and it, has, it must be our approach to what we do. Pi'ilani says the reimbursement challenges of providing these cultural services pushes the health center to work even harder. We know what we do works. You know, and our cultural services, they're not reimbursable. Health insurance, they won't pay for it. We don't receive government government funding to provide to provide it. But just because something isn't reimbursable, that doesn't mean it doesn't have value to our patients and to our community. You know, for us, it's just an added challenge. You know, it it challenges us to stay authentic to the Native community we're serving. It also, you know, challenges us to stay innovative in the programs that we provide and, you know, ensuring that we're meeting the need of the community. And, you know, it also challenges the need for us to continue tracking our quality measures and ensuring we're meeting those outcomes. And it challenges us to to work even harder to find the resources to support what we know works. Aisha echoes Pi'ilani's thoughts on the lack of reimbursement for these enabling cultural services. APCHO members tend to serve patients at, I think it's twice the level of enabling services than the average community health center. So therefore, they need that additional support, and the the average payment through PPS does not encompass these the level of services that APSHA members provide. So we're constantly trying to make the case that the these extra services need to be reimbursed. However, other challenges are looming over these and other health centers right now, including current health policy issues and sentiment towards immigrant and refugee populations. But Dayola explains. So big challenge right now, of course, is the, the threat uh, of losing the Affordable Care Act and having it repealed and replaced. Uh, that is very important uh, for ICHS because so many more have gotten coverage, which meant that our uninsured rate went from 30% and dropped down to 11%. The 11% still means that we see over 3,000 patients without insurance or only catastrophic insurance, so they have to rely on us being able to afford those services. But 
Funding is very important. Uh, so aside from coverage under the Affordable Care Act, the threat to Medicaid is uh, really scary, uh, again, because so many of our patients have ended up under our state expansion of Medicaid. One thing that I also need to add is we have had a lot of growth to meet the needs of those in our state who have gotten the coverage, but we also have a big challenge in making sure we have the adequate workforce. She adds, ICHS, as I mentioned, serves many immigrants and refugees. Uh, They're not the only communities that we serve. We certainly uh, serve a lot of uh, U.S. citizens who've been here for many, many years or born in the United States. But the, the big thing that is a, a challenge right now, which I haven't mentioned, is how immigrants and refugees are being perceived and being treated. So a lot of fear is happening in the community uh, because of some of the national policies that have come out. And our uh, organization is very concerned. Our staffs are very worried because we want to make sure that our patients continue to access the quality care that they are entitled to. And so uh, we need to do more in the community health centers, uh, not just in our area, but nationally, to make sure that immigrant and refugee patients uh, have the confidence and feel that they can continue to see us safely to meet all of their health care needs. I'd like to thank Aisha, Teresita, and P. Lani for joining us on NAC Health Center News. To learn more about APCHO, visit www.aapcho.org or follow them on Twitter at APCHO Tweets. Are you following NAC on Twitter? Make sure to follow us at NACHC for the latest on Health Center News. Thanks for listening. Music by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com.